Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is August 21st, 2013. And do we ever have a fun and informational show today? Wouldn't it be ideal if we all could be at our perfect weight for our specific body types? To have less fat and more muscle? Well, today, we'll be learning just how to achieve this. We have as our guest and coach, Charles Remington. He's been in the health industry for well over two decades. As an expert in nutrition, he's conducted more than 200 seminars in the corporate, municipal, and educational arenas. His nutrition program has sold more than 100,000 units and forever changed the lives of so many. Welcome, Coach Remington. It's great to be here, Denise, and it's great to be a part of your uh, wonderful show. Thanks. I always like to start my shows off with our guests telling us how they ended up on the path in their specific fields. Well, actually, uh, I've been in practice now for a little over two decades, and um, uh, I actually didn't start out thinking that this is what I would do. I actually uh, owned uh, quite a few health clubs, but I had a nutritional background, and I was a champion bodybuilder, and uh, through injuries, I was also a, a professional athlete, and through injuries and rebuilding my body, and then once a bodybuilding career had developed, I discovered a very unique way of approaching something that was not being approached very well in the number of clubs that I actually owned myself. The average person would walk in the door and with a need for um losing weight and making sure the weight they were losing was fat but what we offered at the time was really not a solution for it and it wasn't much different than many other diet or weight loss programs out there so I had taken something I had learned in my bodybuilding background of muscle confusion through exercise and I 
through a lot of research and discovery, created a way to do the same thing with calorie confusion and targeting our body where we would only take fat off the body without losing muscle, without becoming tired or hungry, and all the things that would happen to a person when they would go on a diet. Why don't you explain to us what you mean by muscle confusion? Well, muscle confusion and exercise is where you don't continue to expose the muscle to the same type of routine where you you change the types of exercises you're doing, the volume of exercise, the intensity of the exercise, and the muscle is constantly being fooled to put in a position of, to respond to what it's not accustomed to. It has to get denser or stronger or there's got to be some improvement. Well, the same is true with uh, metabolism and hormonal responses to food. If you continue to give the body the same amount of food each and every day, it's going to adjust to that. And that's one of the major flaws in the weight loss industry when a person goes on a diet. They'll reduce the calories under what their body requires, and they'll stay doing it day in and day out. And what happens is the body responds to it by taking muscle and fat off the body and slowing down the metabolism. And the end result is the body will reach some type of a plateau, and that's a very common word in dieting. As a matter of fact, it's one of the most common words people ask me when they come to visit Will this stop working? Will I plateau? And, of course, I I, uh, encourage them that it will not. Hmm. So let's kind of get into your your approach to weight loss. What makes yours so different? Well, my approach to weight loss is it starts with getting them to see that their problem isn't just that they need to lose weight. The problem is they need to make sure the weight they lose is only body fat. And many times a person has gone on some type of a weight reduction program, and it's not even monitoring what change is taking place in the body other than a scale. And everybody with that type of monitoring system, all weight loss becomes good weight loss. And unfortunately, in the weight loss industry, most of the weight loss is actually bad weight loss. There's a there's a loss of muscle, a reduction in metabolism, and there's no way that it can be maintained as a lifestyle, which means a lot of people would eventually go back to old eating behaviors when it stops working. A lot of people experience um, water uh, loss well, in their we, weight we, loss. Even even with my program, of course, there's water loss, but where's the water coming from? Is it coming from the muscle, which is 75% water? Our fat cells are 50% water. So, of course, whatever you're losing, there's a, a loss of water, but we want to be targeting it being taken from the the fat cells and not taken from the muscle tissue. And I, I think a lot of times what happens in the weight loss industry is that people – are so focused on the start of it, they're not looking at what is the finish going to be like. Am Mm -hmm. I going to get down to this ideal? What would the ideal be? And if I could do it, would I be able to maintain it with this method that I'm using? And when you're talking about most diets, the answer to that is no, you wouldn't be able to do it. You'll have to do something else once it either stops working or you get to some place where you would try to maintain it. 
So what are typically the most common uh, mistakes that lead to a weight problem? Well, the three most common mistakes are uh, not knowing how to portion your food, uh, Mm -hmm. not eating the right foods all the time, and not eating frequently enough. You know, I, I did a recent television show, and the host of the show started the show by saying, America, we're eating too much and we're moving too little. And today we've got the famous fat loss coach, and he's going to give us our tips on how to be able to solve that. And I start by saying, America, you're eating too little, and moving's got little to do with it. And he starts chuckling and saying, interesting. That same host ended up going on my concept, and we had set up a 12-week challenge, and he reached his goal during that 12-week challenge. So it it it's real simple. A lot of times the problem is, what would it be like trying to manage your finances if you don't know how much you spend and you don't know how much you make? We'd have tremendous financial trouble, and that's the average American's situation. They don't know how many calories they need, and they don't know how many calories they're using. So Mm -hmm. the first thing that you have to help a person with is there is no one size that is going to work for each and every person. Even with my concept, I could create the perfect program for Mrs. Johnson, and if Mrs. Johnson gives that program to her friend, a concept that's working perfectly for her might not work for her friend unless her friend has all the same situations that she does. So the first thing that people do wrong is they they try something that's generic. And that's basically the reason why most diets fail is it's not been fitted or customized to the person based on mm-hmm. how much muscle they have, how active they are. It doesn't take into account food likes, dislikes. It doesn't take into account if they have any kind of health restrictions. And there's most of the time very little, if any, behavior modification associated with it. And there's going to need to be as much a change in behavior as a change in what you're eating. Well, what's the basic knowledge that we need to know of uh, how we process the foods we eat and how they impact our digestion? Well, you know, one one of the things that I've always talked about in seminars is uh, I ask this question, what's the only aisle in the grocery store where food comes with any instructions? And people will <laughs> look at each other, and in 20 years, <laughs> I've never had one person give me the correct answer because the answer is the pet food aisle. <laughs> and <laughs> and why, why that happens is when you look at the the food in the pet food aisle, we identify if the dog is a certain age and a certain size, you feed it this much at this feeding and that much at that feeding, and the human food comes with no instructions. And we, and the dog we food keep accepting that. Right? The dog food <laughs> and, has minerals in it. And and the other part of it is we the and our pets don't have anywhere near the weight issues that the humans have. <laughs> and and if your neighbor wasn't taking care of the, if the pet was overweight, we'd call somebody on your neighbor and we'd make sure we do something about it. And the rest of the neighborhood, you know, seven out of every ten people are obese. And mm-hmm. so, 
So, so I think one of the first things that we have to do is we need to raise the bar of what what should we expect to in in making some major advances in solving this problem. If you ask the average American, and this is why the weight loss industry is so large, if you ask the average American how much they weigh, they're going to know within five pounds. If you ask that same person what's their composition of weight, what's their body fat percentage, they're going to look at you and stare at you. They're not going to have a clue. And mm-hmm. that's really what we need to get a, a better handle on. And it's not that it would be difficult to let people be informed about that, but we have to make it important enough that th- they would learn what their body composition is. We we wouldn't have sub shops in the weight loss industry. Yeah, it's probably something that needs to be started when when cho- you know with children. Oh, no question. And and uh, mm-hmm. well, you'd be surprised how many clients that I have that I actually teach them the proper way and they don't bring it home to their children because they say, well, they're only a child. And then they're expecting once the child gets older, they'll 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 take on better eating habits. And and what's frightening in our country right now, some of the diseases are actually now touching the children uh, one of the yes. major things that I deal with is uh, type 2 diabetes. When I started 20 mm-hmm. years ago, they used to call it adult onset diabetes. We can't even call it that anymore because it's affecting the children. It's affecting uh, mm-hmm. teenagers, adolescents, and it's all coming from an unhealthy lifestyle. You know, we don't have the exercise programs in the schools like we used to. Well, I mean, exercise is an, an important part of it, but it's it's only a a part of it. And again, if you exercise three to five hours a week, and the average Americans aren't doing that, but if you did, only maybe twenty percent of America is doing that. But that twenty percent, you'd call that person an enthusiast for exercise. But five hours a week is two percent of the week. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with the other 98%? And that's that's really what we have to make an issue and bring to the forefront is America no longer lives within its hormonal design. We've created lifestyle outside its hormonal design. NBC last weekend reported that the mortality rates related to obesity and uh, health issues connected to obesity are at this highest point right now, and it's touching every gender and every race. I wrote this uh, more than a decade ago, but I could see this happening, and this is what I wrote. America, over the last two decades, an enemy has risen against our great country. It's not a threat to our nation's borders because it already exists and the lifestyles of a high percentage of the citizens within our borders. As we unmask this villain, we find its identity is obesity. Obesity is an enemy which threatens our health and life expectancy and is bankrupting our country in its advancing path. I wrote that over 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. it continues to advance. The AMA just recently made a claim, now classifying obesity as it's no longer a condition, but it's actually a disease. Yeah, I heard that. 
the question really is, is what does that mean? <laughs> is it a physical disease? Is it a behavioral disease? Is it a combination of both? But the thing that I liked is at least it's classifying it, and what we do with that information is going to be important, is that we've got to get more serious about it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on that. And it's sure not because we're not spending enough money trying to address it. It's, we, I mean, the, the weight loss industry, is, I mean, there's estimates that somewhere between 40 and $50 billion dollars. And there are there are so many hands in the weight loss industry now that everyone is an expert in the industry. The the thing that I have really felt best about what I've done over the last two decades is the concept that I discovered and created and brought thousands of people successfully through is the same concept we're doing 22 years later because our biology does not change over decades. It's our lifestyle that's changing over decades. So if it worked 20 years ago, it'll work 20 years later, and it's going to work 20 years from now. But it's mm-hmm. got to be a concept that works within your hormonal design. When you're counseling a new a new um, person, what do you find is their their um, biggest challenge? I, I think the biggest challenge is losing weight is not like changing your socks and making sure the weight is coming off as fat and making sure that you can create it as a lifestyle. And I really think there's like four stages that you bring a person through. And it's getting them to understand that which stage they're in, and these stages have to continue to advance. But when I meet a client, they're really unconsciously incompetent about managing their weight. They're, they've created an identity that supports it. And then once I teach them my concepts of, well, this is what your weight problem is. You don't know how to portion food properly. You're eating or drinking some of the wrong things that make your blood sugar go up and down and your body hormonally responds to that. And you're not eating frequently enough. You should be eating about every four hours. What I've now done is I've now made that person consciously incompetent. And then we start working together, and initially we work together over a a 12-week period of time. And the the goal of that 12 weeks is to make them consciously competent, where they're consciously implementing their new knowledge. And then eventually it's got to fit into their life, like all the things they're managing, where they become unconsciously competent. It became their their identity. They, they're, the person they used to be no longer exists. Well, I would think there's two factors involved. One is they're going to have to change their nutrition, and secondly, they're going to have to change their mindset. Oh, absolutely, and uh, that's why uh, when I when I started 22 years ago, I thought the my role needed to be to teach people this is your biology, and then create this unique concept, which we will start talking about, uh, where there'd be two fat burning day and a recovery day that would be customized and fitted to the person, so their body couldn't adjust. It was years into my practice that I found myself now saying to that same person, you need to get healed. 
there's a mechanism on the inside that needs to change as much as we need mm-hmm. to change your your physical activity. So I now was becoming very holistic where we were engaging the person's spirit then their their conscious ability to connect to this new identity and then we would of course have to develop physical disciplines to carry out their new knowledge so we were now building a foundation of change of identity that could now weather the challenges of life and that was really the issue is most people that were trying to change were only changing physically what they were doing whether it was right or wrong and unfortunately 90% of the time or more they were choosing to do something that wasn't going to work even if they could stick with it but they were only making a physical change and they weren't getting to the real root of the problem of I have an inner identity that supported that old behavior I need to change that identity and in your program over the course of 12 weeks, success can be had. Well, one of the things that I teach right up front is they're successful the day we start out. I teach them that they're at the finish at the start. And again, when you approach it holistically, like your spirit can be 12 weeks from now today. So let's say you're to lose two to three pounds a week over the next 12 weeks. I have you picturing that on day one, you've already accomplished it. And then now your mind is going to come into agreement. So two-thirds of you are at the finish at the start. The only part that's not is your physical body. And so we're not going to see through the eyes of where you physically are. So again, if Mm -hmm. you needed to lose 30 pounds over 12 weeks and you came in at 200, on day one, I start talking to you like you're 170. I start getting Mm -hmm. you to think like you're 170. I create your concept and take all the guesswork out of what are you going to eat, when you're going to eat it, and, and, and how much you're going to eat. And then I get them understanding and, and believing I'm already at the finish at the start. That's very good. Do you yeah, incorporate it, different types of exercises for different um, different people that you work with? Well, of course, with? exercise needs to be just as customized as as any aspect of of nutrition and my clients range from teenage clients and I have clients in their early 80s and the amazing part mm. is some of my clients in their early 80s are in bodies that they weren't in their late 40s or 50s <laughs> um, which great. just which just tells you how wonderful the body will recover and rejuvenate uh, itself once you learn principles of living within your hormonal design and mm-hmm. uh, but exercise again it the role is what is it that we want exercise to accomplish it it's very common and I have clients all over the world now with the beauty of the internet and when they first contact me and their information they'll give me they'll say well I'm gonna exercise 10 hours a week and I'll get back in touch with them and say well First of all, why would you do that? And second of all, if you're going to exercise 10 hours a week, you've got to eat enough food to support 10 hours a week. And can you maintain a lifestyle that would be willing to do that? And the end result is a lot of times their notion of what I should do for exercise and how much of it is 
unfortunately as misguided as their lack of knowledge and nutrition. So I, I really help people in all aspects of it. What is it that we're trying to accomplish? Who are you? Can you maintain this as a lifestyle? Show them before they decide to do it, this is what you would need to be able to do to maintain what you're explaining to me. And do you is that realistic to you? And then if the answers are, yes, it is realistic to work out 10 hours a week, then I would create it around 10 hours a week. Or a lot of my clients don't work out at all, and they can still get initially a great result. And as they get in better shape, Body composition-wise, then we keep adjusting what they're able to do for activity. But I have clients from well-known professional athletes to grandmothers in their 80s, and by customizing it, it works just as well for somebody in their 80s as it would for a world-class athlete. Hmm. Well, you know, what goes along with the self-discipline is doing a form of exercise that you enjoy, Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And what what is a, is the proper exercise for me might not be the proper exercise for you, but I think the proper answer to what is the right exercise is one that you will enjoy, that you could see yourself doing it with stability and consistency. And that's what it's all about. It's becoming stable in a form of behavior, and it's going to accomplish what you want the end product to look like. So if you're somebody that wants to become more muscular, you're not going to do that walking. And if you're mm-hmm. somebody that wants to, uh, you know, only trim your waistline and be concerned about the condition and quality of your the, the, your heart, then you don't need to train like a bodybuilder. So we really need to fit you to what it is you want the accomplishment to be. Let's talk a little bit about um, perceptions of carbohydrates and fats regarding weight management. Well, again, when I when I sit down with people, it's amazing, okay, that if you ask the average American, okay, their car needs gas, oil, and antifreeze, and ask them, give me just a basic understanding of what does the gas do, what does the oil do, and what does the antifreeze do. The average American knows that, and the car's going to be around for, you know, hopefully five, maybe possibly ten years. And they're trying to live 90 years, and they don't understand what does my body do with protein, carbohydrate, and fat. How much Mm -hmm. does it need? You know, if I told you your car needed uh, 20 gallons of oil, you would say, oh, gosh, it doesn't need that much. But then if I told you how much protein do you need a day, people look at you like, oh, gosh, I don't know how much protein I need a day. How much carbohydrate? What does carbohydrate do? And and so I think we really need to get a better understanding of <laughs> we have so much information on the Internet right now. People have educated themselves stupid. Where? <laughs> well, we don't, know what to do with, we don't know what to do with this information. And carbohydrates, is it good? Is it bad? You know, in the 20, you know, the 20 plus years I've been doing it, I mean, I've seen so many theories on is a carbohydrate good? Is it bad? And, and um, unfortunately, it, the, there, it shouldn't have changed. The theory should have stayed the same because our body didn't change over the 20 years. And your body's number one need is carbohydrate. And because mm-hmm. the body 
The body needs it to maintain energy. All cellular, 95% of all cellular energy should be derived from carbohydrate because the body only needs 5% oxygen to turn that carbohydrate into energy where it can use protein and fat as energy, but it needs a larger amount of oxygen to convert it into energy. So our bodies don't efficiently use protein and fat, and proteins and fats uh, main purpose is for the proteins for cellular repair and the fats for maintaining good hormonal health and, and many other aspects of our health, but we don't want them to be used for energy. So how does your program put this all together for someone? Well, first of all, what we do is we we find out the person's, uh, their size, so how much they weigh, Mm -hmm. and then the next thing we do is find out the percent of that weight, how much of it is body fat, and then we find out uh, what kind of life they have, what do they do? They sit at a desk. You can't feed a person sitting at a desk the same amount you'd feed a person climbing up and down telephone poles, even if they had the same body composition. So we find out their lifestyle, how active they are. Then we find out their exercise habits. Then we find out their food likes and dislikes. For something to work long term, you've got to like what you're eating. So we want to create the program around foods you do like from the foods that are good for your body composition and your your hormonal response blood chemistry wise your your blood sugar levels and so we then give them to choose from the foods that are best and they pick the foods they'd like and then we take that and create it into a concept where the average person eats four times a day uh, somewhere around four hours apart. If the person is more muscular and more active, it would then go to five meals a day. I've been following this for 30 years myself, and I'm very muscular. I'm, I'm a bodybuilder, so I eat six meals a day. But it's the same concept that I put everybody else on. And um, then we develop it into two fat-burning days in a recovery, and that's really the beauty of the program because your body can't adjust to a fat-burning day because within 48 hours we're going to give it a recovery day, and it can't adjust to the recovery day because we're going to fool it again with a fat-burning day. And so we keep what going is a back with day? Oh, well, a fat-burning day. They get the proper amount of protein and fat each day because your body's need for that remains the same each day to maintain good health and what we're cycling mm-hmm. is the carbohydrate we give them a hundred percent of what they need on the third day and eighty percent of what they need on the two fat burning days so mm. the beauty of it is on the eighty percent days twenty percent of the energy is being drawn from the fat and on the third day we're restoring the body with the proper amount of energy so the problem with the weight loss industry is having a weight problem is like having a bunion on your foot and they cut off your leg to get to the bunion and so and so what we're going to do is we're going to get to the bunion what do you have for breakfast i'm just curious excuse me what what do you eat for breakfast? Well, breakfast can, again, be personal choice, but what what a person could be. I mean, a typical day, this is even for a small-sized female. She could be having uh, three egg whites, a whole egg, 
a um, piece of whole grain, sprouted grain toast with some all-natural peanut butter on it and a medium-sized piece of fruit, all for that first meal. Now, the average person would say, wow, that's more food than I'm eating right now, gaining weight, and that meal would be on a fat-burning day. My client would be losing two to three pounds of fat per week eating that as their first meal. So that's my point about America. 90% of America is under-eating as they're over-fat. They overeat maybe mm-hmm. at one or even twice throughout the day, but throughout the whole day, they're basically an under-eater. The second meal, we would make some type of a, a simple meal, maybe like a, a sandwich on sprouted grain bread with a piece of fruit, because now that meal's going to need to be eaten for most people at work, so it needs to be something convenient and something transportable. The the third meal, I usually make some kind of a, a pasta salad using a whole grain pasta, maybe with like either a chicken or a tuna or a shrimp mixed with it with a vegetable and a a healthy fat like an olive oil. And then now what I've got them doing is I've got them making that pasta salad on Monday. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, I've made them a different pasta salad using the fact that they've made the pasta already on Monday. So I now have people thinking days ahead of what they're eating versus living a life where they're saying, oh, it's lunchtime, what should we get? Making so they're hungry. actually living in tomorrow today. Mm-hmm. And then their last meal could be some type of a protein, either uh, chicken or or uh, or fish, a sweet potato or some long green brown rice, a salad, or maybe some type of a green vegetable. But the beauty of my concept is, all the guesswork out of that menu has been taken care of for them, so they know exactly how to portion the food. We've even gotten to a point where we developed a company that actually will make the food for you and and, and send you the food. So if you said, well, Charlie, I understand uh, what I'm to do, but this is what's going on in my life right now. You know, I'm having trouble making that fourth meal. And you say, no problem. You made it for $4. We'll make it for $6 for you, and we'll send it to you. And so what we do is get now rid of all the We get rid of all these you're excuses. You're located back in Connecticut, correct? Yes. Yeah. So for people on the West Coast, would you still be able to... Well, we, we we wouldn't necessarily. I would. My company wouldn't necessarily do it. But those those companies are popping up all over the place where people are having That's their true. food made for them. So when you're having mm-hmm. your food made for them, you would now be able to give them the instructions of this is how much I want you to make for me. Mm-hmm. Those are those mm-hmm. are popping up all over the place. But uh, how would that be of help to you if you wouldn't know? Because is chicken good or is chicken bad? See, my answer is it's only good if you eat it in the right amount. Too little brings in too little protein, and eventually it would lead to muscle loss, and too much would lead to your body storing fat. So chicken only is good if you eat it in the right amount, and what is the right amount? So what? how long is your initial consultation with someone, the very first one? Well, the first consultation is to explain to them exactly what I do so that they have an understanding. And and I, I must tell you, most people are blown away when they have it presented to them in, in the format that we presented to them of, 
Uh, one of the, the wonderful analogies is, let's say you weigh 200 pounds, and you're a female, you're five foot four, and you probably have a lean weight of about 100 pounds, and you have 100 pounds of fat on your body. And if you're in your, you know, late 30s to mid 40s, your your body weight should be about 130 pounds, 125 to 130, and your body fat percentage should be about 25%. Now, I would explain that to you as, okay, Denise, you own a company and there's 200 employees. There's 100 of them we need to pay, and you have 100 volunteers that we don't need to pay. Now, the the ones we need to pay, we need to pay them calories or they're not going to show up for work. So the first thing I educate them on, this is how many calories you need, and it's called your resting metabolic rate. Now, Denise, you've mm-hmm. told me you're going to do this much exercise. Now we have to pay those employees overtime to be able to perform that exercise. So now we have an exercise expenditure that we add to your resting metabolic rate. So now we'll tell you this is how many calories you need for the day. Now, the problem is, let's say that number came to you need 1,600 calories a day. Now, if we feed you 1,600 calories a day and it's well-portioned, divided amongst four meals, and we've perfectly portioned 30% of it protein, 50% carb, 20% fat, and we've made all your choices for you for the what foods you're going to eat, the problem now going to be Many aspects of how you feel is going to improve. Your energy would get better. Your blood chemistry would get better, blood pressure, blood sugar, cholesterol. Your intestinal health would improve. Your moods would be more stable. Appetite would be under control. But one thing wouldn't, and you're not going to lose any weight or any body fat because you're eating what your body's using. So Mm -hmm. then we then explain we're going to take this new understanding and then we're going to cycle how we feed it to you. On day one and day two, those four meals are going to be based with 80% of the energy you need. And on the third day, you're going to get 100% of the energy. And we're going to rotate those days. Now, every day three, you're going to be practicing being 125 to 130. So you're going to be good at it by the time you get there. That's um, very personalized. It's they're blown away. I mean, they're actually they're blown away, and and it, it's the one thing you have to understand. I'm not the only person that knows this. The problem in the weight loss industry is not enough people like me are emphasizing it and kicking all the other people out of this industry. We're we're not turning to. Um, uh, sub shops or meal replacement drinks, and this is this cannot be solved simply by okay. And I I watch this on TV with so-called experts all the time. This is our issue. This is all about how many calories in, how many calories out, and as long as you're in a deficit, you we're going to solve this problem. That's ridiculous information. And if really, that you wonder why you don't feel well. Absolutely. Uh, that would be like I had. I saw HBO did a series, and they had an expert on saying you could eat a if your body uses fifteen hundred calories, you could eat a thousand calories of jelly beans. You're going to lose weight. And my mm. answer to that is, but you're sure not going to like what you look like because <laughs> the weight you're losing is going to be an unhealthy weight. 
And and so we need better information than that. And it's it's getting to a place where, first of all, if you have a weight issue, go to a professional who's going to be able to give you professional information. That is not going to be found in an infomercial. That is not going to be found in in some magical potion or some magical food that somehow you haven't heard about yet. Or we're going to sprinkle some magical dust on a donut and that donut all of a sudden doesn't make you store fat. The uh, the tape that you sold over a hundred thousand copies of. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a tape. It was a we actually sold this product through an infomercial, uh, and we had a hundred thousand people that responded to that, and we were oh, customi- we were customizing it uh, to those people and. Uh, oh. it, is, it was actually one of the most popular infomercials in the country. Now, that mm-hmm. goes back into the 90s. You were way ahead of yourself. That was one of the problems with the message. The message was way ahead of itself. <laughs> you know, it was way. Nobody was talking back then customization, three day eating cycle. Uh, mm-hmm. the index of foods, behavior modification, it's got to be personalized to you. Even the infomercial mm-hmm. people, one of the negatives to it was they kept trying to get my message watered down to, Charlie, this is too complicated for the average American to understand through a TV commercial. we got to keep watering this thing down. And that's basically why I left the infomercial industry and, and now take the approach that I take now, because you can't water it down if you're really going to be making a change in people's lives. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you have me sold. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> well, I, I, I have you educated. Up, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, that's exactly when that's exactly what happens when people either see it through the internet or come to meet me in person. They they say, "My gosh, this makes so much sense." What you're saying makes so much sense. I wouldn't know how to give an argument to it. You're saying it's got to be personalized, which you're doing. You're saying it's going to keep my body from adjusting, which is what you're doing. You're saying everything I'm eating, I chose it, which so I wouldn't have a problem in eating it. You're saying that you're going to help coach me through the behavior part of it. You're not just saying change my food. You're saying change what I believe, and you're going to even help me with that. I have 65-plus behavior lessons that they they read and they're feeding their spirit so that they're developing this foundation that can support but it still it all comes down to they say this makes so much sense why is this not the standard why is this not what you're reading about and we stop reading about the five foods that are going to bust belly fat or ridiculous information like that. Mhm. Well, it's because we need people like you to personalize it. We need not only first of all, we've got to take that information and make sure that it's not so one, you know, you'll see something of cherries is good for osteoarthritis. Now, I'd be a nutritionist on the front line saying I absolutely agree with that statement, okay? But how much cherries with what other foods 
Because someone's mm-hmm. going to read this information that's got osteoarthritis, and they're going to start eating cherries by the bag, and we're going to be creating a problem as you think you're solving one. Right. So you, what do you, you really... Um, what do you mean by seeing the big picture in weight loss? Well, the big picture is too many times people have this small picture of they'll come in and they'll say, uh, can you help me to lose weight? And I'll look at them and say, is that all you want me to help you do? We we need to get a much bigger picture if you're going to take the effort to make this into a change of life. We want the picture to be, I want to improve your gastro health, your intestinal health. Your blood pressure, cholesterol, triglycerides. I want to help change your body composition. Hold on to your muscle and get your body fat down to a healthy percentage. I want to improve your energy levels, your mood, your sense of well-being, your immune system. I want to help you lengthen your life and improve the quality of your health. That's the picture that we should have when we go about what type of a eating lifestyle should I have and not this small, tiny picture of how much do I weigh. Mm-hmm. And when we start having that be the approach and that be the message that's being, we're really going to start seeing a major shift in our country in getting away from just simple messages like, Okay, um, we got to start moving more. We're going to start. I mean, and those are those are messages that I, I think are baby steps. Sure, we do have to start moving more, but it's going to take more than that. And 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 we do have to go beyond somebody just saying, "Well, you got to watch what you eat." So eat less than what your 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 body's using. We need a message that's much bigger than that. And we need to be even monitoring it. I mean, when was the last time you went to your doctor's office and they even monitored your body composition? Good point. They they don't test your body fat. If if obesity is such an issue in our country and we're now why wouldn't our doctors be testing us for that? This is a frightening thought. Think of this thought, Denise. Mm-hmm. If there was a drug and the side effect of that drug made you gain weight, raise your blood pressure, raise your cholesterol, gave you an increase your risk of diabetes, caused all types of intestinal problems like a diverticulosis and irritable bowel syndrome, and as you got older, you were going to develop reflux and, and GERD and hiatal hernia, and you were going to have problems with uh, with brain chemistry and ups and downs in serotonin levels, and your immune system was going to drop, and your body was going to become more catabolic versus anabolic as you got older, do you think that drug would come with a prescription? <laughs> I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what food is, and we're doing it without a prescription. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs to change, where we don't realize that we're doing this day in and day out is we're getting, we don't realize we're bringing in carbons and oxygens and hydrogens and nitrogens and our body's going to be, there's never a time where we eat something or our body doesn't get a hormonal or metabolic reaction. And so we just have to have a much better, higher understanding of that. 
Um, and once we do that, then I think you're really going to start to see major changes in our country. I like the saying, you are what you eat. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. You are, what, you are what you eat. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things we have to realize in this, managing your weight is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we have to have a marathon approach to it. And so um, we we can't think that there's some quick fix that's going to make this problem go away in America. It's not going to do that. And there the magic's inside you, Denise. The magic's inside. There's a power inside you that once you start living within your hormonal design, your body will aggressively become leaner without being hungry, without being tired. And if you learn it behaviorally properly, you'll be able to maintain the result. That's the magic, Denise. And the magic is there, and there are thousands of people that have learned this. We need to, and that's why I was so excited to be on your show, to get this message Mm -hmm. out. The magic is there. The magic is inside you. The power is inside you. You've got to learn how to connect to the power. I loved your article that you wrote back in 2007, The Healing Power of Your Next Meal. I yeah. love that title. And the content yeah. is very good, too. <laughs> right. And, 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 and that's, you know, when we, when we look at our food is our medicine, we'll be on a lot less medicine. Mm-hmm. When food becomes, when we look at the power of what did this, you know, if you've been watching, I'm a big athlete, so if you've been watching sports, okay, all summer long, all we've heard about is anabolic steroids with baseball. But why does an athlete take an anabolic steroid? I'll tell you why, because it makes him bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. he recovers faster, he's less prone to injury, he slows down the breakdown of tissue, that's why he does it. Now, I'm not encouraging, and I'd be against a person taking an anabolic steroid, but insulin is the most anabolic hormone in your body. And so when you learn how to manage insulin, you now can create an anabolic lifestyle where your body ages slower your body ages slower and Mm -hmm. instead of having a catabolic lifestyle where your body's aging quicker we slow down the aging process would you be willing to change your lifestyle if you could slow down aging of course that's what that needs to be the message that needs to Mm -hmm. be the message you know that you know, I, I have I have testimonial after testimonial of people that are in bodies that they weren't in twenty or thirty years younger, and they're twenty thirty years older because they're learning how to manage that hormonal that pancreatic response of insulin and glucagon, which is going to take place every single time you eat a meal. And cortisol levels. Cortisol is absolutely another hormone that mm-hmm. we need to deal with. And uh, many times a person starts their day with what? In America, a cup of coffee. They avoid food. They have mm-hmm. a cup of caffeine. Next thing you know, cortisol levels rise. body can produce insulin. It's got no food in it. And then they eat an improper meal, and there's a lot of that improper meal going to be stored in the abdominal region of the person. Mm-hmm. All because so Charlie, of how, you, excuse me. Why don't you 
Um, why don't you tell listeners how they can reach you? Well, if they wanted to reach me, they can go on to my website. It's thefatlosscoach.com. I have videos. I have re- your radio show will be up there. I've got numerous articles so they can educate themselves even prior to wanting to contact us. And then once they're an educated consumer, then they can contact us and either in person if they're in the – I have clients from all over New England. I'll, I'll have a client that will drive 150 miles to come meet me because the concept is that unique. And, and if they're not local, then obviously they can go on the Internet. And I have, like I said, I have clients all over the world, and they can have this very unique, powerful concept that will be customized to them. It's the Fat so Loss you, Denise. It's the FatLossCoach.com. Okay, good, good. Now, on your 12-week program, do you have online workshops for that? Well, I don't or have a workshop for it. Uh, it's it's a it's a 12-week challenge where they're being monitored for okay. the. It's not a 12-week program. What we're doing is we're challenging them. That I challenge you that if you commit to our concept, the goal that we preset in the beginning, you will reach that goal within the 12 weeks, and that's where the 12-week challenge came. I that, that TV show that I did, I took that TV host, and I said to him, I can get anyone in 12 weeks that will commit to this concept to reach their goal, and he was in need, and he was in need of weight loss. Well, he committed to it, and in the 12 weeks, he reached his goal. Fantastic. Just fantastic. Well, we've run out of time. I want to thank Charlie Remington, the fat loss coach, for being our very special guest today. And listeners, please tune in to our show again next Wednesday. Be healthy. Bye-bye now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? Com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Listeners, please be advised that the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise and her guests. The information is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional and it's not intended as medical advice. It's intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from our guests and experience. We encourage you to take your own healthcare decisions into your own hands based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Bye-bye.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 